from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. Happy International Podcast Day. That's right, guys. It's International Podcast Day. Woo! Is that a thing? Yes, it is. That's it. Today, September 30th. They say never see Hmm. the date or the time on your podcast because then people will, it throws people off. But uh, yeah, International Podcast Mm. Day is today. So uh, big shout out and salute to uh, all of our our podcast buddies. Um, You know, off the top of my head, let me see. Uh, We got our our buddies over at uh, Rock Solid, of course, Pat Francis. Uh, We got uh, Home Video Hustle, Brent. We got Steve and and Izzy over at um, Everything I Learned From Movies. Uh, You know, we got the gals over at the... uh, Nerdy bitches, and uh, we got our friends over at Cult Forty Five. We got the boys at uh, What Were They Thinking? Uh, we got uh, we got our friends at uh, History of Bad Ideas. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good podcasts out there, so check them out. Those are just a few. I was going to read a list. Maybe I'll do it at the end, but I forgot that uh, our. Um, Oh, don't forget the Besotted Geek. Oh my God, I almost forgot the Besotted Geek. He would have rioted. And then we got uh, keeping up with the keeping up with the with the nerds. Uh, Renee, our friend Renee, keeping up with the nerds. Our our, our buddy Matt the Rat over at Rat House Productions, J three sixty Productions. I, I'm just going to keep naming off names of podcasts as they popped into my, pop into my head here. Um, <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's we've been doing this a long time now—six years, seven years. I don't even know. It all runs together. Nice. But uh, we're we're glad to be back, bringing you quality content during this uh, during this quarantine. Uh, I'm here, of course. My buddy John is here. Uh, hey, our friend uh, Justine. Our friend. Hello, everyone. Our friend Patrick is here. Hello. Our friend uh, Handsome Dan Handsome. Also known as Jake is here. Uh, it's it's great. It's going to be a great show, guys. We watched two great movies. We have a lot of, of stuff to cover. Um, I know you guys are anxious. Uh, what a I mean, I don't know if any of you. Uh, first of all, let's start with some good news. Justine, our Dodgers are in the playoffs tonight, and our Lakers are in the playoffs. This could be a repeat of 1988. Two championships coming to L.A. But uh, I have a good feeling about this year. I have a good feeling. Yeah. I was only two years old when that happened. Yeah, but you know, you were Jesus. around. You were around and you've 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 had uh, you know, you the Dodgers have won in your lifetime. Not, a lot of people can't say that. A lot of new Dodger fans cannot say that. So here's hoping they break that drought. We're getting close to Cleveland Indian uh uh, levels of, yeah. uh, of of drought, if you guys uh, to refer to the movie that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, uh, yeah. But good luck to the Dodgers and uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, uh, w- w- wish them nothing but the best, and uh, of course, Patrick's probably got like a some kind of uh, I don't know. He's crossing his fingers right now or doing something to put a hex on him, but it's not going to work. Uh, <clears throat> happy anniversary! You guys have been through enough this year. 
Happy, oh, thank you very much. Happy anniversary to uh, my lovely wife. We celebrated uh, many years together yesterday. Uh, we did absolutely nothing, but uh, we will do something soon. But uh, happy anniversary. And tomorrow, happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday to Ma. Happy birthday, Ma. She's going to be uh, 86 years old. 86 years wow. old. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, she's, uh, she's still sharp as a tack, my Ma. And uh, you know we'll, uh, we'll 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 get her something nice. Might get her a wind chime or something. She likes a wind chime. Nice wind <laughs> chime. So Justine, where can I get a nice wind chime? Do they have them over at the uh, Miguel's? Where, where can I get a nice? No. Wrong time of year. Any guy? Anybody knows where I can get a nice wind chime? Uh, give give it. The uh, add us on that, uh, Blue Hills Blue Hills Nursery over there. It, mo- it moved. It moved. It's gone. Did it? Yeah, it's moved. I don't know. I have no idea. Ah, well, never mind. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. We'll yep. get we'll get her something nice. We'll get her, we'll get her a ceramic chicken or something. <clears throat> there you go. She loves the far. She chicken loves the, the, place of, chicken the get a chicken in the place of piano. Oh man, can you imagine right mm-hmm. in the house? But would she would she dig that? And a bucket of quarters. Oh, <laughs> uh, we always say we had chickens growing up all the time. We had chickens growing up at the ranch. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, the remind us of uh, you know. I I just I think I told you guys my. Cousins has my grandpa had cans of film of old a lot of film he shot back in the fifties and sixties, and um, <clears throat> my cousins had it converted recently to to, uh, to DVD, and uh, there's a lot of shots of you know stuff from way before I was born, you know my brothers and stuff as babies, and the chickens are out at the you know the, my grandma's house, and I, they look like the exact same chickens. I'm like those are the same chickens that we. Um, we grew up with all the animals. Look That's exactly the same. same. It's the same chicken. damn chicken. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not because my grandma did uh, take a lot of them out. If you know what I mean. Uh, Fried chicken. Well, somebody would somebody would come by to buy them, and uh, there goes grandma with a chicken around back to where the stump was. Mm. And you know what happens next? Uh, the mm. same thing that ha- should happen to the rich. Thank you. How about that, um, guys? <laughs> Speaking of the rich, John, how much did you pay in taxes in 2014 and 2015? How much do you estimate you paid? I paid more than I paid more than Trump did. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't pay seventy five dollars. No, it was seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty. Seven fifty. Oh, sorry. Yeah, come on, oh. come on. It was a little bit more than seventy five dollars. Something tell me ten years before that you paid zero for ten years, you know. So, so something tells me he had to probably borrow that seven fifty to pay that off, if you know what I mean. I would imagine <laughs> Hello. Had to borrow it from Putin or something. <laughs> <laughs> now look, look, a lot of people are of course coming out and, and listen, I've avoided talking politics during the quarantine because one crisis at a time. But, uh, you know, we had the debates last night and uh, things are getting close to the elections uh, a month away. And uh, so, uh, you know, you know things, things are coming to light now, of course. You know, the, the bombshell New York Times report, but it didn't say anything that we didn't already know. And, you know, it's not just Trump. The, the, the tax codes in this country are written so that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And company, yep. we, we all know that companies like Amazon have been paying, you know, next to nothing in taxes while they rake in billions of dollars. And you and me, and before the the show started, we had to talk about how much harder we're all we all seem to be working during this pandemic. Uh, you know, we're you know the people that are out there, you know, because we need to get the economy going. And so there's a bunch of people working, you know, out there, and they're working harder than ever, harder than even during uh, regular times. 
and uh, you know, wages aren't increasing and nothing like that. You know, they're still working hard, and not only that, they're putting their health at risk, right? But that's the way it, it things. That's are, right. That's the way things are set up, right? You know, these, these companies have been doing this for years, so it's not just and not that I'm defending him, but it's not just Donald Trump. The problem with Donald Trump doing that is he's also uh, running his businesses as, as at a loss to kind of bring his taxes down and uh turns out you uh run a lot, run up a lot of debt that way and uh you have someone in a position of power with uh with with a lot of debt it makes them vulnerable and it makes them uh could make them susceptible to a certain um i don't know what's the word i'm looking for john uh, collusion but- with foreign governments <laughs> <laughs> So that not to put not, that, to put too, not to put too fine a point yeah. on it, but uh, and so I mean, maybe maybe switch it up to puppeteering. Yeah. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. all of you people who are out there going, well, you know, he's you know all the rich, none of the rich pay their taxes. Yeah, that's right, and that's a problem too. You know, it's like the it's like the same people that say, well, well, cops kill white people too. It's like, yeah, that's a problem too. The, you need to. That's when you go. Oh, so you finally smell the flowers? It's huh? something that needs to be addressed. <laughs> It needs to be fixed, and so, uh, John, are, are you okay after seeing the debates last night? I wanted to to see if you were all I right. I didn't watch the debates. I had a hunch it was going to be a train wreck, and I was probably going to kick my TV set in. And when I read the reviews this morning, they all said the same thing: it was a train wreck. Everybody was screaming at the screen. Most people said it was the worst uh, debate of all time in American history. It was just ugly, rotten. He just steamrolled uh, Chris Wallace, and he steamrolled Biden. Wouldn't let anybody get a word in edgewise. And the good news is most people saw it for exactly what it was. You know, this guy's a disaster. So let's hope. I let's did hope. not watch it. You're never going to um, to uh, dissuade that base. Um, this is for undecideds. That uh, Having a debate this close to Election Day is for the undecideds, which is very narrow. They said most people have made up their mind, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. Who is undecided? Uh, ago. They said, who is undecided at yeah. this point? Who has watched you, this? You got to wonder about. Yeah, you got to wonder how asleep are they? You know how how wooden is your head if you haven't made up your mind at this late date? You've had three and a half years of this guy. How is it you don't know how you feel about the president? My how could goodness. you not know unless you've been in a coma for the last four years? You know. My goodness. Yeah, the, the the big moment of the debate. I didn't see. I, I started to watch it. I got frustrated, uh, and then just kind of tuned in for the highlights later. But of course, the big uh, the big moment was when uh, Chris Wallace asked him to denounce uh, uh, the white supremacists, and he said, uh, his, "I think his exact quote was." Uh, he said, "Who?" He said, "Who?" Denounce, and they both yelled, "The Proud Boys!" And he's all, "Yeah, stand back and stand by." And they're like, "Come again?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Basically gave him the thumbs up. Now, just let me address, uh, you know, if you're an undecided voter, pull your head out of your ass. And then the second thing I want to talk about is, uh, aside from people, you know, giving him a pass, well, you know, all the rich people, you know, it's funny, John, I was telling my friend, the best you can do when you're arguing with like a Trump supporter or someone's like a hardcore right winger, the best you can do, 
the closest you're going to get to victory is getting them to say, and it's a cop out, but they say, well, they're all corrupt or, well, they're all mm. crooks. That, that's the closest you're going to get. That means they, they can't, they've gotten to a point where they can't defend it anymore, but they're going to do their whataboutism or their false equivalency, you know, and then the false equivalency. I don't think, uh, this isn't Bush versus Gore. Anybody who shrugs and goes, oh, they're all bad. They're just not paying attention or they're just, they're, you know. Exactly. You know, they're just. I mean, there's no, you can't argue that this time, Yeah. you know, <clears throat> and the good news is a lot of people have figured it out that what they're going to have to do this time around, especially in the battleground states, they're going to have to vote in person because he is just waiting to pull some monkey business. If there's a huge uh, mail-in vote that you've got to vote late, like days late, weeks late. So a lot of people are catching on to this and they're really encouraging people. If you are well and able-bodied, get out to your get out to your uh, polling place and do it in person because uh, the more votes that go for Biden that first night, it's it, he won't be able to pull any fast ones. If, if the lead, if Biden's got the lead election well, night, let me tell you what, much harder for him to, to pull something off. Yeah, get your votes in, in California. I vote. Uh, we vote early. We vote mail in. Um, yeah, I do. So um, those ballots will be I there. Do too. Those ballots will be there before election day. Um, and some states are already voting. And I think some key states will be voting early. Um, I think uh, like uh, Wisconsin and uh, what is it? Wisconsin and uh, Florida, North Carolina. I think they, they vote early and they start counting early. Well, they don't wait for the uh, for like Election Day to start counting. They start counting now. Yeah, I love it. Let, let's do it. Let's That's good. Do, but I uh, think people are getting they're getting wind of it. There's a big movement now. Vote. Try to vote in person if you can. <laughs> If you can. What I was going to, the point I was going to make was uh, that, um, uh, you know, you get people arguing about, uh, I just need to address the people in the, in the, in the people in the room who keep making the argument that um, Antifa and BLM, Black Lives Matter, are the same as the, the Proud Boys, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis. Um, they are not. Uh, just, just so you know, uh, Antifa has been around for many, many years in Europe. Uh, well over 40, 50 years, you know, longer battling, you know, they get these, these crop, you know, they've, they've gotten these, these kind of pockets of fascism that crop up in Europe from time to time. And, um, these, you know, these Antifa guys are like street level, you know, they go out and they get, you know, they basically fight fascist like skinheads on the streets. Uh, this has been going on a long time in Europe. Mm-hmm. And right now, you're just now hearing about it in the United States. And the reason you're hearing about it is because everybody's kind of using it as this uh, buzzword, as this, you know, kind of this, you know, kind of a, a red, you know, red flag. Um, nobody knows what it is. They just, oh, they just hear it all of a sudden. Oh, Antifa, Antifa. <clears throat> and uh, they have no idea what it is. And, uh, you know, I don't agree. I, you know, I I'm never agree that violence is, though, is the, is the key, is the answer. But... When you're dealing with people who tend to support fascism, they tend to get violent, and uh, you know, so they they clash. Um, BLM, Black Lives Matter, they are a completely different organization, and you can say what you want about them being funded by George Soros or whatever; those are all lies. Those are not true. You can dig into this and find this out for yourself. Um, and you have to ask yourself at a certain point. You really need to ask yourself why you don't believe black people, 
when they say that this is a crisis. Why, ask yourself in your heart, why don't you believe them? What is causing you? Are you so pro-police that you can't believe that the police do no wrong? When there are evident, when there is evidence that police have done wrong in the past, they've there's there's a reason they lose lawsuits. There's a reason they pay they lose pay money in civil suits. They've been wrong in the past. They're humans. They're fallible. Now I've said it time and time again. Everybody on this show, nobody on this show is anti-police. Nobody on this podcast hates the police. Nobody on the podcast wants to see the police hurt. What we want is accountability for people in positions of that power. So all BLM wants, they want the same thing. They want police to be held accountable when these instances occur. So you need to ask yourself why them protesting bothers you so much. And if you feel that, if you're at a point in your life where you think people who are against police brutality or against fascism are wrong, then you need to really, really think about where you are in life and why, uh, what the opposite. If you're anti-Antifa, what does that make you? Or if you're anti-Black Lives Matter, what does that make you? And I, I think you need to do some soul searching. And that's all. Because I, I'm seeing the false equivalency and it's driving me nuts. So I just wanted to take a, take a minute to say that. And, uh, you know, uh, it's not the same as, uh, as a neo-Nazi or white supremacist. It's not. Uh, Black Lives Matter is not out to uh, suppress anyone's uh, uh, right to live uh, because of the color of their skin. And uh, I'm sure the neo-Nazis and the white supremacists would be fine with people of color just disappearing, you know? So uh, you really need to look at yourself and, and wonder why in your heart you these things bother you so much. So that's all. Just a little public service announcement, you know? Do some soul searching. Your head's already up your ass anyway, so while you're in there. <laughs> Do something productive. Guys. It serves it serves Trump's purpose to spin it that way so that when he rolls the tanks, he can say, see, you know, I'm just trying to protect the suburbs, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're fine. There's nothing going. We're fine out here, guys. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, like, uh, look. Uh, yeah, it's no. I don't even want to get into it because that's just going to bum me out. Um, remember when being remember when being anti-fascist was a good thing? Yeah. Like, say, oh, the forties. It <laughs> <laughs> used to be a good thing, you know. Well, these Antifa it's, guys. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to have a president that's <laughs> that's pro-Nazi and pro-white supremacist. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's weird that uh, well, somebody said that you know the the reason that his that his supporters think that he's successful. It's not because he's doing a job, good job. It's because he's putting the screws to people that they don't like, you know, exactly. So, and that's what exactly. it is. So they'll always think of him as successful. They don't care that he's a fraud. That's they why it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what they catch him doing. He's their boy because yeah. he's making it uncomfortable for the people they hate. So yeah. that's it. You know? Well, they, you know, well, kiss my brown ass. That's what I have to say to that. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, let's get on to happier things. I just, I just, the false equivalency and that, that, that came up in the debate last night and then all these idiots on social media are running with it. Well, you know, the left, yeah. the left, the left. I love the idea of a militant left wing. I mean, just, can you imagine just running around yeah. like, boom, you've got, now you have health insurance. 
boom, here's money for college. I love it. Just, you know, a grenade yeah. goes off and, and tuition money comes flying out. Uh, I love that yeah. idea. We're, we're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're dangerous. Yeah, yeah. We're real dangerous. But, um, you know, they want it's socialism, John. It's socialism. Uh, we are we are dangerous to the right because uh, the only people that benefit from a poorly educated electorate is the Republicans. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we are uh, dangerous to them. Th- th- there's not a reason. Anybody else? Yeah, there's a reason gerrymandering exists. There's a reason you still have voter suppression, voter ID laws. All that stuff is all it's all aimed at keeping the people at the bottom from voting, and uh, because the people That's at right. the bottom right. don't vote. Tend to not vote Republican because the Republicans don't care about the people at the bottom. And look, listen, I know, listen, I know that the the Democrats don't seem the, the, like the best. But I used to tell, I think I told John this many years ago, the Republicans and the Democrats, in the end, they're going to do the same thing to you. But the Democrats are going to buy you dinner first, so that's the difference. Right? <laughs> that's really what it is. <laughs> they're going to make you feel like the prettiest girl at the dance. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know. Again, we don't. Try, I was really trying to avoid the political talk, but I, I think we had to just weigh in. Did you? Did any of you guys watch the debates, or were you guys just like, uh. I watched it. How was it? I saw some clips. Huh? How was it, Justine? Mm. It was just very toxic. Yeah. Um, well, you're a big Trump guy, so you know, it's like this whoa. is like this is like the view. We like to have one person with the op- opposing viewpoint. So you you are the, I guess you're the Megan McCain, in this in this situation. Is that who's on there now? It used to be quarterback girl. What was her name? What was the quarterback girl? Uh, her husband was a quarterback. Oh God. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Justine. That joke went kind of sideways. Why? <laughs> Took forever. Oh. <laughs> Wow, we're doing on the air critique. We're not even waiting for we're not even waiting for Twitter to come after me. You're just doing it. it I like it. I like it. Let, let's store candle the criticism. I'll think. Okay. I'm gonna hold on a second. Oh, I can't shut off individual mics. That sucks. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Just, just the uh, Colin Justine the Trump. I will not be silent. I'm sorry, Justine. Go ahead. It was just a lot of masculinity uh-huh toxic masculinity you'd like to see a dude it was, um it was too much just watching it you're like i can't deal with this mm-hmm. and then to hear to hear biden say shut up was probably my highlight but it still didn't matter i didn't do anything yeah um well you shut it was, up it man was really it was really hard to watch the whole time you just sat there like why am i watching this bully pick on this great debate guy. <laughs> they just it's kept going, 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 going. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know, that, I mean, Trump said something about Biden that I didn't know about and I was surprised that it was known and I was proud of Biden. Um, oh, was, was that when he... About t- his son. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. I, I don't really watch the news too often and I didn't know that that was public knowledge, but... Um, yeah, Trump was an asshole bringing that up. Of course, like, who the what F was that? Cares? What was it? He brought he brought up he what brought up the it? fact that his son was a drug addict, and he said he was a nobody, and his first job was only with his dad, and and Joe Biden just snapped. <laughs> well, he, he looked son. he looked at the camera and he said, "I'm proud of my son." 
and I'm proud yeah. and I'm proud of the obstacles he's overcome in his well, life. Well, he also said it was because um, I forgot what it was that he said that his son had, but he said it's happening throughout everywhere in America, and he was really proud of him for overcoming it. So I was just surprised, and I loved that. But um, I mean, you just saw how poised Biden was, and oh, it was so hard to watch. I don't know if I'll watch the next one. It was difficult. Well, you know what it is? It's like you, you have a lifelong a lifelong politician. Whether you agree with him or not, he's a lifelong politician. He's spent his life in public service. You know, and there's a there's a certain there's a there's a there's a certain decorum to these debates. And Trump, not a politician, barely a businessman, basically a bully, goes in there. Yes. And so you feel you feel but it's it, if you think about it it's like you have a trained professional boxer right and he's trying to fight a kangaroo for you know yeah for an exhibition match. that's a good analogy you know? that's, that's a good analogy <laughs> yeah. kangaroo and the you know the kangaroo swinging the is, uh, go ahead john his his base his base likes the fact that he's a bully yeah. and they say the weird thing is this is the first time that uh an incumbent has never tried to he's never tried to uh expand his base they say every president tries to expand their base from the first day they get in and they say trump took a different tack he realized the only way to get back in was to double down on that narrow base that he's already got and that means some pretty reprehensible bullying behavior but he's got to really load it on heavy because that's what keeps them on his team so that means you lose everybody else which means theoretically he shouldn't be able to lose he shouldn't be able to win this next election in theory, because <laughs> he's starting to lose some people at, on the edges, some people that are like, well, I've had enough. So uh, let's in hope theory, it should be very tough. Let, yeah. let, let's hope. But, uh, you know, you, you never, uh, you know, you, you can't count him out. You never call it. But they say he's not pulling new people in. He's not, you know, he said part of the thing last time was some undecided sort of hopped on the Trump bandwagon at the very last minute. He's, he said it's not very likely he's going to pull those people in this time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that Joseph Biden is not loathed. They said Hillary Clinton was loathed almost as much as Trump. And they said that is not the case. And unfortunately for Trump, Biden is not loathed. Maybe they don't know about him. Maybe they don't know much about him. They don't dig him. But they're not. he's not hated like Hillary was. And they said that's a problem mm-hmm. because some people could just as easily jump ship and go for Biden if they've had a belly full of Trump. Again, know, so. again, you know, you might not, you know, I, I know for the people on the far left, he's not progressive enough. I know for some of the younger voters, you know, it's like another old guy, you know, but I mean, look well, what at, are you going to do? Look at the you alternative. Vote? Yeah. Look at the alternative. <laughs> what we really need is we need more than 46% of the people in the country to vote, which is what turned out. That's last the problem. Time. That's you know, the problem. Yeah. We get, And I think what, what, you know, I think that all these. I think that the the election cycle is so long that it just turns into apathy, and people don't give a shit. Yep. And uh, they start too soon. They start way too soon. They should just yeah. do it like the World Series, baby. October. <laughs> you have October. Do all the debates, everything. Get it all done. It's a whirlwind, and then yeah, that's the way to do it. But uh, all right. I mean, not a year. They start a year. They start a year ahead of time. God, everyone's just burned out before you ever get there. You well, know? Trump's been doing it. He's been holding these rallies for how for four years now. You know. Yeah, that's right. His little mini Nurembergs. But uh, mm. hey, 
It's Crystal Knox down at the uh, Trump rally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I laugh now. Uh, guys. It's a national holiday. He's going to make it a national holiday. <laughs> no kidding. Guys. Let's get let's get off politics for a little while. Everybody's good. We're all good. Let's take a sip of water. Take a little let's take a little sip and um, everybody get everybody get refreshed. Everybody's good. Yeah, We have two. You know what, guys? Aside from politics, we have two great movies today. And don't forget, we have the uh, we have the special uh, International Podcast Day parade at the end of the show coming up. So don't parade. <laughs> <laughs> Live, live from Whittier Boulevard. Yeah, if we were at the shop, we'd have it right up Greenleaf Avenue, right? Greenleaf all the way up. We'd have a march. Great big balloons, like those Macy's big balloons, you know? Make that, we'd make the Snoopy turn. the size of like a. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We'd come. We'd come in. Uh, maybe at. Uh, we make the turn there. Maybe come up from Mar Vista Avenue, and then go right up to Greenleaf, and then uh, go up to uh, we we, we uh, Hadley. Uh, that'd be the parade route. What do you think of that? And uh, we'd be on floats waving at everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Whittier Parade. <laughs> the Whittier Christmas Parade is yeah. great. We should go to that. We should yep. go to the Whittier Christmas Parade. It's always good. Uh, we have to. Don't forget, yeah. guys. We have to uh, uh, get our field trip. We're going to Noggles. Uh, all right, let's talk about it, guys. It's uh, time for the Digital Movie Club. Let's get excited. I got, I really lowballed that. I took a deep breath, and then I didn't come come back with any energy. Let me try that again. It's time for the Digital Movie Club, guys. Music. No, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. No. What kind of bullshit is this? Some bullshit. Digital movie. You're in the club. Guys. <laughs> we're almost through the eighties, man. How do you guys feel? It's right around the corner. Amazing. End of an relieved. relieved? You feel relieved? The nineties aren't much better. This guys. has been a it's this is a good decade. This has been a, a surprisingly good decade. There you Some go. might say the best yeah. decade. Jo- uh, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Let's not get carried away. But it was a good decade, much better than I thought it was going to be. What were John was concerned about mostly was going to be Neither. mostly. John was com- confused. It was mostly going to be um, uh, 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 John Hughes movies or th- or that. That was my. That's what I thought. I thought, too. I thought it was all going to be it was all going to be Rambo movies and John Hughes movies. I thought so. I was uh, pleasingly. Surprised. There was a there was a there was a smattering of those though. We did get a lot of Schwarzeneggers and uh, you know uh, the eighties was the the eighties movies uh, were much like the eighties top forty. It was a smattering of everything, and it was a smattering. 
And uh, fortunately, that continues into the 90s. It's not till like around the 2000s that movies all start to get pretty generic. Uh, yeah. Th- there seems to be a lot less of, of a variety these last yeah. maybe 20 years. Um, it's, yeah. all, it's all either tentpole movies or, you know, I mean, there's still room for like indie movies, but it just seems to be like a lot of sequels, a lot of, a lot of tentpoles coming around, coming up in the 2000s. So, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, let's enjoy this while we can, you know? Uh, so to, this week we watched uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and a major league. I hope. Is that what we watched? Perfect. Uh, which of these would you like to begin with, Jake? Let's start with Major League. We're going to start with Major League. So, Patrick, if you would, please give us the rundown on Major this League. 1989 movie released on April 7th, uh, directed by David S. Ward. Uh, received a 7.2 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. With a budget of eleven million, in box office forty nine point eight million dollars. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, and the the they of course made it, it brought back the song "Wild Thing," uh, which uh, John, I forgot. You know what movie that I think I'm gonna pick if we if we do a pick, we're all gonna pick an '80s movie. I think are we? Yeah. Are we doing that? All right. Yeah, you, you flip flop back and forth about I it. I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided. Uh, but I, I have a movie in mind that we missed, John. Yeah. Manhunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That, la- yeah. that launched a whole genre. That launched a whole genre that we're still kind of dealing with today. But uh, Ma- Manhunter, Michael yeah. Mann. I thought of that movie the other day, and I was yeah. like, why don't I? I have it on DVD. It's not on digital. I don't know why I don't have it on digital. Uh, but uh, the, 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 I digress, guys. Major League, Justine, why don't you start us out? On, well, Major League is a story. Basically, what's funny about Major League is today, uh, the, Yankees in, the Yankees in Cleveland are meeting in a playoff game today. The, the Cleveland Indians face elimination, and that's, how that's of course, how the movie uh, wraps up. Uh, but... Um, we have uh, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they are a uh, last place team. Owner dies. Wife takes over. This is very much like a. This is very much like a Marge Schottenheimer. This is what happened with the Rams. Uh, so she decides. The owner decides. I'm going to tank the team. We're going to get low. We're going to get the lowest attendance, and then we're going to move to. We're going to get a bid to move to Miami because Miami will build us a brand new stadium and we don't have to be in Cleveland anymore because she was a former showgirl, I think, and uh, hated the city of Cleveland uh, with good reason. I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so she decides uh, she's going to tank the team. So they put together a team of uh, misfits uh, to basically serve no other purpose than to come in last place. But, of course, this being an 80s underdog comedy uh, the team somehow pulls it together and uh, goes all the way. So that's a quick uh, plot uh, summary. Let's go over to our friend uh, Justine with her thoughts on Major League. Justine, take it away. I love Major League. It's you do? Favorite. You do? It's my favorite. Uh-huh. I love it. Uh-huh. I have, like, no complaints. Um. I, I just didn't realize that it was the Allstate guy is playing my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> right. I just realized that myself. Yeah, like, hey, I watched it and I was like, guy. holy 
shit. Like, I always loved his character, but I didn't realize that was the Allstate guy. And I freaking hate that. <laughs> so I have mad respect for the Allstate guy right now. Wait, who are you talking about? Uh, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Hasbert or Hasbert? Hasbert. He played Pedro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's the, what's funny about that he is, yeah, he is the Allstate guy. And he's also the president on um, some show. He was also the president on some show. That is the most personality I've ever shown seen him in any movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I love him. I, when Patrick was watching, I was like, that's my favorite character. That's my favorite character. <laughs> and then I realized who it was. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh, um, safe drivers save uh, 50%. <laughs> isn't there, isn't there a commercial right now where he gets recognized? Isn't there? Yeah. Where they're yeah. like, hey, you're the... Hey, it's that guy. Safe drivers, right? Yeah. And um, I didn't know until now. I always thought Vin Scully was in the movie, but it's not. <laughs> it's Bob Euchre. I always thought that was Vin Scully for the longest time. Oh, my God. You wow. are not a Dodger fan. Get a, Why am I talking to you about the Dodgers? <laughs> I mean, are you really, I was really surprised? I was really young when I watched this movie. You're a fraud. We just found out. Just, was, you just found out I about the Allstate like, guy. I just found out you're a fraud. I was influenced to like Charlie Sheen in this movie, and I remember liking him in what's his movie? Top um, Top Gun. Hot shots. Hot, hot Top hot Gun. Shot? <laughs> Is that when they cook the when they cook the eggs on her stomach? Yes, hot shots. Yeah. Yes, and I was like, yeah, this guy's really hot. But you know, they just influenced ah. me as a kid. <laughs> I like Pedro. He's my man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like watching it, I'm like, nah, it's Pedro. It's always been Pedro. <laughs> I do it myself. Uh, you, you like Joe Boo? Nah. I um. Wow. No, I love this movie. I don't. I don't have much to say about it. Just I know it pretty well, and I liked it. I just didn't realize who the people were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, when I think of Charlie Sheen, I only think of this movie and Hot Shots. <laughs> Uh, how did this movie? This is pretty early. Is is this before Platoon, Mario? I think it's a year. It's a year or two later. I think it's a year or two later. I think he had already done Platoon, and then he had like a streak uh, where he it, did this. He did uh, Young Guns. He did uh, Hot Shots, like all in like a row. Was he in uh, Eight Men Out? Um, was he in Eight Men? Yes, he was. I believe. As John, who was in Eight Men Out? John Cusack, um, Tom Halsey. Uh, who else? David Strathern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Platoon came out in '86, and okay. then Young Guns, and then Hot Shots in '91. All right, and look, okay. look up. Uh, oh, and yeah, he's in Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out. We didn't watch that one, and that is a great baseball movie. So Eight Men Out yeah. came out um, a year before Major League. We didn't get to, mm. we didn't get to it, and it wasn't a huge hit. But if you ever get a chance, check out Eight Men Out. It's about the uh, the game the. the uh, the team that threw the uh, 1919 uh, World Series and uh, the, the Chicago White the Black Sox. Sox. Mm -hmm. They call them the Black Sox because it was such a scandal. But it's the Chicago White Sox and they threw, a, they threw the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I, I love a good baseball movie. There isn't really a baseball movie I don't like. Now, what, how did this compare to Bull Durham for you? Um, I know this one, so... I'm more used to this one than yeah, yeah. the other one. Mm -hmm. 
I I like this one. <laughs> what always surprises me is how there's the, you know the baseball stuff's kind of wacky, but then you get the stuff with like Tom Berenger and all that, and then the soundtrack at certain points makes you feel like wait, wait, am I watching a? Is this a serious movie? Am I watching a little bit? Is this this music's <laughs> yeah. making me feel like I should be really more emotionally invested? Um, but uh, my favorite part of the whole movie is they do they nail that American Express card commercial. Oh, yeah. uh, they they nail it because <laughs> that's what those slides. yeah those those American Express commercials look like those they look like that back in the eighties and he does that great slide and he just that Wesley Snipes is like don't steal home without it and he just does that smile and that wink I'm like oh yes like, I love like that prime prime Wesley Snipes right there uh, John you and I are always going to greet each other with say hey and we're going to shake each other's hands uh, <laughs> just just so you know it's Willie Mays Hayes I. Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah, this is a this is a fun movie. Uh, even if you know you, it's it's a it's a nice uh, comedy and everybody does and it, there's a lot of familiar faces in it from '80s uh, TV and movies, you know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an e- it's an easy it's an easy going movie. You know, it's like a nice light movie. Yeah, it's movie. fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's more fun than watching um, Bolderum. Yeah, well, Bolderum's a little bit more like it's there's a little bit more of a movie there. And that's not to insult Major League, but there's a little bit more of a story and writing and stuff like that. And this is just more like, you know, wacky little incidents and stuff. It's fun. This is a straight out comedy. You know, mm-hmm. Bull Durham's kind of more drama than comedy. This is like flat out comedy. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Jake, what did you think, my man? Major League, had, uh, had you seen it? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't I didn't remember most of the story. But mm-hmm. it was it was OK. I liked Bull Durham more. Okay. Because it had more of a coherent story. And yeah. this one was just kind of, each scene felt like it was setting up for another gag later on. It didn't really feel like it was. Yeah. And a lot a of, story. they're like, they're almost like little skits. Yeah. My, 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 a, a prime example is when he finally drinks Joe Boo's rum and then the, the bat hits him in the head and you think, okay, now Pedro's going to come back and there's like nothing. It's, that's just it. Like oh the bat hit him in the head and that was it you know so there's some stuff that not even a giant wall or something on his yeah, head the, big old brain. yeah yeah there's not always a there's not always a huge payoff to some of the stuff but you do get great moments in it you get like Bob Uecker Bob Uecker actually got a broadcasting job because of this movie um, is that right yeah he's a broadcaster he's for great yeah he's yeah yeah <laughs> uh, if those of you who don't remember him from his his great role on Mr Belvedere uh, which God I love that program. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then he and then he was doing uh, the Bud Light. What was it? The uh, Miller Light commercials. Yeah, yeah, just a little outside. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, what was it? Uh, must be in the front row, like that whole thing where he was kind of like the lovable loser. Uh, yeah, he he really got like a say. And you know, Euchre had been a a major league. Uh, he was a he was a player. I think he was with the I think he was with the Miracle Mets. Uh, I believe. Look that up, would you please? Uh, who was the last name? Uh, Euchre. U-E-C-K-E-R. Bob Euchre. You know where it all started for him? He used to go on The Tonight Show, and he was really a natural comedian. On the, He'd come on and just kind of riff and tell no jokes and funny brewers. stories. He was with the, was he, what was his professional career with? Uh, play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers since 1971. Oh, he was already? Oh, wow. 
Oh, yeah. that goes all the way back. Oh, oh I, wow. I mistakenly thought so who that. Did, who did he play with? Who did he play with originally? I mistakenly thought that he was that he got that job because of. I thought that all these years. I was wrong. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, when 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 he was on the Tonight no, Show, he, play, he think, was a player. Yeah, he he played ball, and he'd come uh, on and tell these stories, and that's what got everyone paying attention. He was such a natural comedian. He would come on and he would just hold his own with Carson, and that would have been like early seventies, I guess, or he late played 60s. with the Braves, the Milwaukee Braves, and Atlanta Braves. Milwaukee. No, they were in Milwaukee. Mil- they were Braves. they were in Milwaukee for a while, John. They mm. they were in Boston, then Milwaukee. How about that? Gee. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's great. he was a he was a catcher for um he was a catcher for the Braves. Um Yeah. Why did I think he was on the Mets? What, what years was he what year what years was he a player? Uh, uh, all the way up until 1967, six years. Okay. All right. I don't know why I thought he was on the Mets. I had no idea why I thought that. Uh, he played for the Braves from 62 to 63, the Cardinals from 64 to 65, the Phillies from 66 to 67, and he finished with the Braves, the Atlanta Braves in 67. That's what we would call uh, a journeyman. Broadcast. Yeah, but the broadcaster broadcasting only broadcasted for the Brewers from 1971 on. Oh, I always thought okay. that he. I always thought that he got that job because of this movie. I did not know that. I, mm-hmm. My apologies to Mr. Euchre. Um, um You know what? I was wrong too because by the time he's on Carson, I think he's already he's already a uh, broadcaster. Well, let me, <laughs> by the time he's on Carson, let me yeah. just, let me just tell you that guys, if you ever get a chance to watch the uh, the 80s sitcom Mr. Belvedere, please watch it with. Um, I love that show. Uh, that was a, that, that show came on when I was the he was the dad, and then Mr. Belvedere was a British butler, and they were kind of this middle class family. And he, you know, he classed him up because he was British. Uh, shout out to the Lily Pot because she classes us up because she's British. How about that? How's that? How was that for a little uh, advertisement? Nice, nice, nice. Uh, you know, it's, nice segue. It's Christmas time, guys. Get those wreaths in. Uh, see your friend at the Lily Pot. Um, but yeah, we brought to uh, you by Northgate Market. Brought to you by <laughs> brought to you by Noggles Tacos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah. I don't know why I love that show. It was I, I was old. It was that. It was like you, you guys remember that weird age where you're like thirteen, fourteen. You're not old enough to go out yet. You still got to be at home with your parents. But you know, you're not watching cartoons or anything anymore. So you're starting to watch like regular TV. That was one of those shows that I really dug when I was that age. So there you go. Little shout out to Bob Euchre and his career, but yeah. So Jake, you preferred Bull Durham. I did. Okay. We're still friends. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I'm mad. Did you like uh, Wild? Did you? <laughs> did you like? Who was your favorite character? Who did you like on the team? Who was your guy? Who was my guy? Oh God. Mm-hmm. Was- I think I did like Jojo. Yeah, who was your dude? Your boy? Your mm-hmm. it's, um, your homie? The dude. Hold on. Pedro. Pedro. Was it Pedro? That's my favorite. The guy who is praying at his altar yep. before the Pedro. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Loved it. It was just like the epitome of 
every superstitious uh, baseball player. That's it. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, great. I'm glad you didn't hate it. It is weird that Tom Berenger's the lead because Tom Berenger, not known for doing comedies, not a strong lead. <laughs> oh, this was this was the golden age of Tom Berenger. He had like a he had like a he had like a he had like a, had like a ten year run in the eighties where he he just hey he, he was he, he was on he was in Platoon as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he I think he was up for an Oscar for Platoon. Uh, check that out, Patrick. It was, uh, was Tom? Yeah, it was the and the music. It was uh, Willem Dafoe, Charlie Sheen, and uh, Tom Berenger. I think they were the big stars on Platoon. And Tom Berenger mm-hmm. and Charlie Sheen had worked together on... Uh, oh, no, maybe it was... I was thinking of Willem Dafoe. I might have been thinking of Willem Dafoe. My ignorance is really showing today. Watched too much of that debate last night. Um, yeah, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Platoon and for uh, Gloden. Golden Globe for Platoon for Best Supporting Actor. There you go. There, there you go. go. No, he had that weird mullet, that weird curly mullet. Like a, <laughs> he had the, yeah, it was Tom, a, uh, in the Big Chill too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I he kicked it off. He was the, he was hot in the eighties. He was a big he was a big star back in the eighties. <laughs> but one of those guys, you, you John, you know what I'm talking about? There were stars that they, they kind of get the um, the. Uh, they kind of get framed by the decade and then they don't, they don't go past the decade. Well, like Corbin Berenson for Christ's sake, you know, whatever happened to him, he was on LA law and they did a couple movies and then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, there are people that kind of get defined by that decade, you know, and there are the people that kind of stretch, stretch their career out. But, uh, you know, uh, Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, definitely. He straddled, he, but he burned out by the, by the mid nineties, he was done, you know, so, but, but I mean, Christ, how long was he on Two and a Half Men? Was that like nine years or something? Yeah, like he yeah, came back. Yeah, but no one liked that. Too long. Really? That was the number one. That was the number one rated comedy. That <laughs> when he left, I think they were the number one rated comedy. When he had his meltdown and left, that was a pretty hot show for a while. It's weird. Like it's weird. Those sitcoms, like like like, um, uh, what's the other one uh, with the geeky guys? Um, Big, Big Bang Theory. Big Brains. Big Bang Theory. I don't know anybody that watches yeah. that show. Don't know anybody that watches. Uh, but parents it, love that show. But it's the number one show in, you know, it's like the number one show. in the, So people are still watching television. It's just not us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People with good taste still watch it. Hmm. No, we're all insulted. We're all insulted by but it. As, yeah. I'm kind as of. Can from, uh, as you can see from the president, not a lot of people have good taste nowadays. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Jake. I agree with you. I didn't hear what you said, but I agree with you. Um, yep. <laughs> Patrick, what do you think, my man? Major League. Uh, this movie kind of gets lost for me. I think it, it's trying to do... It can't decide what it wants to be. Does it want to be a serious sports movie or does it want to be a comedy? And so it kind of falls short in both categories. Um, it's hard to really empathize with you know, any of the main characters and, you know, believe their struggle and believe that they're successful. And at the same time, it's hard to find a really a lot of humor, uh, in it. It's enjoyable, but would I say it's an amazing movie? No, I'd probably just say it's okay. All right. That's, that is a very succinct. I love that review, Patrick. I'm going to give that review. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to give that review a 10. That was succinct. You had it, you had it, it went a to B you had a point. You, you you made your you made your argument and you, that's it. 
and you it sounds like you're inferring i usually don't have a point no i'm i'm just saying that you you i felt like that was well thought out yeah i mean it's just it's yeah don't ruin it don't ruin it don't ruin it don't ruin it that was a 10 (laughs) okay (laughs) john major league what do you think uh you know just based on how much i was laughing this was a successful comedy it's very simple there's not much to it it's very goofy very silly but as far as just pure laughs, I was laughing all the way through it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, stuff like Bob Euchre and the old guy playing the uh, the manager. I forget his name, Gannon. You know, he's kind of like a Wilford Brimley type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all this stuff, you know, with the with the owner, you know, trying to pull him down. I just thought, you know, it's like a, it's just like a comic book. But it, I just thought it was funny as hell. I was just laughing my head off. Had you seen it before? So, you know, it, it's a pure. Co- yeah, I saw this when it came out. And it was funny as hell then, you know. And, um, you know, it, it just, at a certain point, if it's a comedy and you're laughing, it must be working on some level. That's it, yeah. And this, I don't think this thing, I don't think this thing had any higher aspirations than to just be a, a flat out sports comedy. And everybody likes a good, uh, a good misfits, you know, the, the dirty dozen, you know, a group of misfits that have to pull it together. Mm-hmm, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's always the kind of sports movie that works the best, whether it's a comedy or a drama. So I don't know. I was, I was, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was laughing my head off. Yeah. I love, uh, you know, who was your favorite guy? Who's your guy on the team? Well, all, all the best jokes seem to come from what's going on in Pedro's locker. You know, <laughs> all that stuff. Sacrifice. You know, he wants to sacrifice a chicken. He's got the, you know, he's burning all the candles. He's got the rum, you know, uh, that's all, you know, some of the best bits. I also love the thing with the, uh, uh, with uh, Bob Euchre, how the guy sitting next to him says absolutely nothing. I think that's hilarious. He's the color guy. The guy sitting next to Bob Euchre's the color guy. He never says anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think some of the best lines in the movie are from Bob Euchre. It's just a perfect timing on his little comments. His little They all sound like ad libs. I'm sure they were in the script. But he has a, uh, a beautiful way of making everything sound like it's off the cuff, you know. Yeah, I love when he says that. Uh, uh, I believe and, he. And you gotta, you gotta love the Charlie Sheen character because <laughs> he just seems like equal parts uh, rebellious and clueless. You know, so you gotta love that character. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, you know, I, I like I said, I, I think uh, like 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 Jake said, I just wish some of the stuff had a bigger payoff, like the whole thing with Charlie Sheen and Corbin Bernstein's wife and that whole thing. Like you know, you feel like it's really going to go yeah. deeper, and you know, it's a lot of surface. It's a, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's just a lot of dead ends. You're right. There's a lot of stuff that gets set up, but then it doesn't pay off. Yeah, I but, wish. Um, I, I wish they. I did, don't know. I wish. Yeah. It, no, you're right. It makes me laugh. I still love it. it uh, you know, it's, I love a good baseball movie. So uh, I love it. Comedies are the one thing. Comedies are the one thing where uh, they can kind of duck under the rules. Most movies, you know, they got to make sense. They got to do this. They got to do that. Is it coherent? But for me, if a comedy is making you laugh all the way through, it's got to be doing something right. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not perfect. But if you're laughing, it's it's successful on some level. And if you're not laughing, then it's you know it's pretty easy. If it's a comedy and you're not laughing, it's a failure. You know. Uh, Justine, did you have any trivia on this one? Because this is a movie that you love. Did you happen to pull any trivia out? No, I didn't. I don't want to know. What if there's something I don't want to know about and it's bad? <laughs> hmm. Like what? What would be what would ruin this movie for you? I don't know. What if it says something about Charlie Sheen? I mean, I already don't care for him, but. Well, I don't know. But I mean in this movie does he make your heart sing? What was that? Wow. In this in this movie does he make your heart sing? Does he make everything groovy? 
<laughs> but I definitely always associate that song with this. You know, um, that's a bit of that's a bit of trivia right there. That 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 version of Wild Thing is X. That's probably the closest they ever came to a hit. And it's the one song that doesn't sound like the rest of their catalog. That's true. <laughs> it's like a heavy metal. It sounds like a heavy metal song. That's and that's true. they were a punk band, you know. That's right. Los Angeles based X. That's right. Yeah. Um yeah, it uh yeah, this is this is always a fun. This is what I would kill. A, this is like a time killer for me. I you know, I like it enough that I'll throw it on and be like, "Hey, major league's on. Let's watch it." And I'm not going to expect anything more than the laughs that I know I'm going to get, you know. But uh I I think we all have movies like that. And so there's nothing wrong with having movies like that. And so that's where major league is for me. I think Bull Durham's a better baseball movie. Um but there's still like John said there's just some good laughs in here. So uh, and uh, Bull Durham I, feels like a, Bull Durham feels like a real movie. You know what I mean? That's yeah, a movie movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on. There's like levels of meaning going on in that movie. This is pretty much you know like a comic book, one dimensional. Sure, but I still love I love the whole all the stuff with uh, with Wesley Snipes. Like I got cut already, and then you know like I love that he wakes up yeah out in the parking lot you know or his or his uh, his uh, Volkswagen with a Mercedes grill on it like all that stuff. He's just such a great character. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So let's rank it, uh, Jake. What do you give uh, Major League? I give it six and a half. Patrick? Six. Uh, Justine? I give it an eight. Eight. Okay. John? I give it a seven and a half. All right. I give it a seven. So pretty pretty good. Like It's a nice grouping. You know, it didn't go too far off. It's straight. That's about where I figured it would land, right around the six, seven spot. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasant time filler, as uh, Leonard Malton used to say. Yep. In the in the pages of the Leonard Maltin. Uh let's go on to this is last chance for Steve Martin, guys. Now, for if you're just tuning in for the first time because it's International Podcast Day, and somebody uh, somebody uh, pointed you in this direction, and you've made it this far, welcome, welcome. This is really where the this is really where the treasure hunt ends. Uh, just a little bit of setup here. Uh, our friend Patrick, absolutely. There are many things Patrick hates: uh, ragtime music. Uh, greasers <laughs> and most of all yeah. Steve Martin now yep. we every this Steve Martin this is all true every Steve Martin movie we've given him he's hated it with the exception mm-hmm. of Planes, Trains and Automobiles because in in, in Patrick's words uh, Steve Martin is playing an a-hole and that's pretty much what Patrick thinks of him is that he's an a-hole so he said that it was him being him, and the movie was good enough that he was able to. And I don't know what we gave playing chains and automobiles. I don't know if Justine wants to look that up real quick um, while I while I while I chat. But I sorry, said, I was thinking of he hates cans. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from those cans. I hate him so, so much. Funny. Stay away I from him so much. Patrick gave that a eight and a half. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I, yeah, I think he I, loves, he must I, love Steve Martin. <laughs> I stand by that score. I confidently said that I feel like if there's one movie that could redeem Steve Martin, not the whole, the entire milieu of Steve Martin, but if there's one other movie that I thought Patrick would enjoy, it would, with Steve Martin in it, it would be this one. Dirty, oh, the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin. So this is Steve Martin's last chance. So let's see how it goes. 
Without further ado, Patrick, give us the rundown on Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. All right. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels came out in 1988. Got a 7.4 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, released December 14th. Directed by Frank Oz. Uh, budget in total. In total. I do not have. I do not have budget and I do not have box office. What? I have box office. I have box office. I don't have budget. Box office was $42 million. $42 million. Budget is unknown. $1988. It was a hit. I'll see if I can find it. It was a hit. All right. Should we wait? Okay, guys. Should we make Pat? Should we do Patrick last? Or should we have him go? Let's build up the anticipation. Let him go first. Let, no, let, let him go first. Let, let's have let's build up the let's build up the anticipation. It's good radio. Build up the, that deep side does not make me does not uh, instill me with a lot of confidence. But we're gonna go with just he loves this movie. We're gonna go. With, you know what, Jake? You're our resident comedy lover. Comedy is your favorite genre. So why don't we take you first, Jake? What did you think? Dirty rotten. Well, first of all, let me give you the rundown. Michael Caine is a con man who lives in the on the French Riviera, and he makes his living uh, conning wealthy women of questionable morals. Uh, that is that is the most important part. Out of money, and uh, then he sends them on their way, and uh, they're almost happy to be grifted by him. Uh, he uh, in comes Steve Martin, who's a low level grifter. Uh, taking people for like ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, and kind of uh, just surviving his, you know, just kind of grifting his way through Europe. Uh, they cross paths. Uh, Michael Caine tries to get rid of him, and then um, Michael Caine, uh, under the threat of being uh, exposed by uh, Steve Martin as a con man, decides to take him under his wing. And then uh, they compete to see who can get the most money out of an innocent American girl. Uh, then their bet is for $50,000. And so uh, the, the the grift is on and the game is afoot. Well, they, and, they, hmm? they changed your bet to see who can sleep with her first. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, that's part of the plot. But we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on. So let's go with uh, Jake. Jake, what did you think of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Great movie. Love this movie. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it kind of has, uh, oh God, what is the movie? It's, um, oh God, we watched it. It's like a 50s, 60s. A sting. A sting? sting. Yeah. Wanda? No, oh God, I forget what it's called. The, I not the sting? Right. sting. Got Jack, Jack Lemon, Jack Lemon in it. Um, the Odd Couple? No, not those. Jack. Some Jack like Lemon. it hot. Some like it hot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Got that kind of feel. Got that kind of feel to it. All right. But from a but from a different angle. A what, what do you mean by that? They're not. Ne- they weren't necessarily con artists. In. Oh, okay. But they're trying to pull a fast one over on a girl. Yeah. They, they, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I get that. Okay. No. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Michael Caine's fantastic. Um, yeah. Michael Caine totally... is, is so good at being smooth, but yet can do the comedy parts. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and just, uh, it makes it seem effortless. Uh, 
Um, and uh, and did, I really think this matches Steve Martin's uh, personality very well. Mm-hmm. And goes very well with the very smooth, debonair Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. They really do play. Yeah. They really do play well together, and they have a good chemistry. They do yeah, have. They do have, They do have a good chemistry, even when they're playing uh, adversaries. Sort of, they're kind of adversarial for most of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Did you enjoy? Did you Did you see the twist coming at the end? I did see the twist coming at the end. You did. You did. You did see it. Okay. You weren't. Yeah, t- just because they were kind of. Yeah, there. It's just this. Just the movie doesn't feel like it's going to have a happy ending necessarily. <laughs> there's going to be some protests. Like that's probably he's probably trying to con him though. <laughs> okay. There's also um, there's a recent movie called The Hustle. I think that is a remake of this movie. Yeah. Which is literally the same movie except they're female con artists and yeah. they get conned by a guy. Yeah, that's this. That's the, they remade this movie and this movie is a remake of another movie called Bedtime Story with David Niven and uh, Marlon Brando, but I've never seen that version. But uh, I'd kind of like to see that because I think they uh, they stuck pretty close to that script, I think. They just made a couple tweaks. It was uh, pretty close from what I hear. I love it. Uh, and uh, well, who's your favorite character? Would it be Dr. M.L. Schiffhausen? That's the best one. Yep. Okay. What a great, what a, what a great, um, Michael Caine's great at, um, accents too. I know. He, 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 everything. He can do all these, cause at the end he does an Australian accent and then he does the, yeah, yeah. he's really good. Uh, so impressed. I do, the, the scene that makes me laugh the hardest in this movie. There's two, there's the Ruprecht stuff, all the stuff with Ruprecht, but the scene where he, <laughs> Where he takes where he takes a running jump when he's trying to see if he can feel anything in his legs, and he breaks the, <laughs> he breaks the reed off, wax him with it, and then Michael Keaton, he backs up into the next room and just takes a running jump. And then she says, look, doctor, he's so happy he's crying. <laughs> good scene. Hello. I'm sorry. That's a good one. I'm the only one laughing at that. I don't know why you guys are laughing. You're dead inside. It is a good scene. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, Justine, what did you think of Dirty Ryan's schedule? Had you seen this before? No, I haven't seen it. Did you love it? Uh, I liked Steve Martin. But his hair slicked back is not a good look for him. So <laughs> it just was not believable. So it gets, a, like, it gets a six. <laughs> I was like, this is not why. He ugly as fuck. It's Who six. wants this? Who wants this? No one wants this. Well, no, that's what. Um, but you, you get the you get the idea that Michael Caine is making him do it because it's ridiculous. And he's just trying to get rid of him. So he's telling him, I'm going to take you under your wing. But he's doing he's making him do all this ridiculous stuff. That he knows isn't really going to help him, so that's kind of what that is. That that's kind of the point of that whole thing. Yeah, so he just looks not so good. And normally, I'd, I think Steve Martin is pretty attractive. 
Uh-huh. But much to your boyfriend's chagrin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I just did not like that look. Um, but was he funny? Oh, yeah, I thought he was funny. I mean, he was funny, annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, That's the character. He, called, he was definitely childish. Makes more sense. More than Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. All of these things make sense. Yep. Um, but I would say I just loved Michael Caine watching him. Yes, yeah. he, he is great to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, Michael Caine was the winner in this movie for me. My Nicole and I, whenever there's a kid, if we're in a restaurant, to this day, to this day, uh, if we're in a restaurant and a kid, well, we haven't done it lately because of the of uh, the quarantine. But if, if there's a kid going nuts, we will do one of two things. <laughs> Nicole either go. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's a kid just running around a restaurant. <laughs> or I will look at Nicole. I'll look at the kid. I'll look at Nicole and I'll say, he'll love Oklahoma's open spaces. He can run and run and run. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Caine is brilliant in this. Uh, I'm sad that we didn't watch more Michael Caine movies. That's what I really... Mm. We didn't watch Michael Caine in his prime because he is fantastic. He's up there with the, the rest of the great you know, British, you know, Peter O'Toole and Richard Harris and all the great, uh, all those great guys. We didn't, uh, we, we, we really didn't delve into them a lot, but, uh, man, he's so good in this. He's so good in this. And, uh, it's, you're rooting for him. You're rooting, basically rooting for him to win, even though he's going to grift this poor girl out of $50,000. You're, you're kind of rooting for him. You know, he's kind of like a, like a lovable scoundrel character. Uh, did you have a favorite scene, Justine? I did. I'm trying to think of which one it was. I just like all the scenes when they're dropping the act and it's just them talking back and forth. Like those are my favorite scenes. Oh, okay. Um Yeah. I mean, you saw what was gonna happen at the end watching it. You already knew that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. She was just too much. <laughs> the way she was acting i was like nah this girl's gonna turn it around on them which good for her mm-hmm. um, i enjoyed that yeah. i love that he was attracted to her so i wanted him to win her over but that wasn't the movie um um favorite scene i'll get back to you on that okay. i don't know which one my favorite scene is oh no it wasn't excuse oh. me can i go to the bathroom no. <laughs> there was a lot of parts that I thought were funny. I kind of like the part when um I just I think I just liked any time they had an interaction and then Michael Caine started winning. I just their whole thing was just always funny to me. Yeah. Um, but they do they do play very well against off of each other. Yeah. Um yeah, it's great. No specific for me. John, what did you think? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Yeah, this is a good one. The, their chemistry is great because Steve Martin is like the ultimate ugly American in this. Yes. And uh, Michael Caine, I mean, he's like practically, practically Cary Grant in this, you know, mm-hmm. super slick and super charming. And uh, what I love is he never actually loses his temper. All the crazy shit that happens. And he always keeps <laughs> keeps it in check. You, you can tell he's getting really angry every time Steve Martin comes back like a boomerang. But he just always keeps it. You know, keeps his uh, keeps his temper. 
That's true. He just finds another way. He just goes, there's another way. There's going to be a way to get rid of this guy. And he just keeps trying and trying. And Steve Martin just keeps coming back. I love it. Yeah, you're right. He never, and of course, he uh, never yells. He never, stuff, yeah, he never yells at him. I was thinking about that after the movie was over. I thought he never just loses it, which is really cool. You know, even at the end, he's willing to just, he's just like, okay, I lost. I'm going to have to just deal with it. You know? Yeah. But the other thing I liked about him was that he realized when he got taken in uh, by the uh, Janet Colgate, he, he said, Oh Wow. She's like actually a decent person and she's going to spend, you know, all that money she doesn't have to get him his operation. And he completely falls for it. And he says, there's a difference. He says to Steve Martin, there's a difference. I take women. First of all, they can afford it. And second of all, you know, they got it coming, you know? Yeah. 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 So I thought it was very convincing the way he actually fell for her uh, and just said, well, she's really a decent human being. And that means he really, he really got taken because she was just as big a grifter as they were. Yeah. So I thought the chemistry was just perfect uh, all I, the way through the Ruprecht stuff. I, I love the stuff where he's playing Ruprecht. The thing with the, uh, the eye patch and the cork <laughs> on the fork, all that stuff is just the greatest. Excuse me. Can I go to the bathroom? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that got the biggest laugh when we saw it in the theater. I think that got the biggest laugh out of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all of it. Yeah. This is a good one. I love that. Uh, I also love that in Michael Caine's character, when he does find out that um, that he gets taken, he's amused. He like respects. Yeah. It's like it's like game recognizing game. He's like, wow, like yeah. she got me. You know, he can't even be mad about it. Uh, you know, he's yeah. just like, well, you know, she she did it. She she the best man won. You know, and yeah, uh, he breaks into a grin. He you know when she's flying off, he breaks into a grin and goes, wow, that was beautiful. You know. <laughs> He can't, so, even, he can't uh, even be mad about it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it, he's great. Michael Caine is always great. And maybe we'll get, uh, if we're going to watch the Batman, so I guess we'll get some Michael Caine. We will. Because he plays Alfred. We is. will, yeah. But it's nice to see him a little yeah. younger. But uh, we, we, I, I would have liked, we should have watched uh, uh, Prime. It makes me feel like, oh, we should have watched at least, you know, maybe A Man Who Would Be King or something, you know. But, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, all right. Let's let's get to the let's get to it, guys. Here we go. Will Steve Martin survive Patrick's review? Patrick, what did you think, my friend? I knew going into this that I was not going to like Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, you love Steve Martin. I will say <laughs> he was playing an asshole, so he was playing himself. Mm-hmm. So his overacting didn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some moments that I found funny. Uh, Michael Caine, I thought, was really good in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really predictable. Um, from everything that kind of happened, there's not a moment where you're like, oh, that was unexpected. Even the twist at the end, you could see it coming. Um, and it's hard to kind of like Michael Caine's character you can empathize with. Um, Steve Martin's you can't at all he's just a horrible human being yes um, so it was okay what's a what's what a, I got for you. What's a bummer okay. is that this movie is so far removed now that when John remember when this came out the twist was a big thing like people were like oh wow I didn't I didn't expect that or I didn't see yeah. that coming yeah. and but it's we've seen it a few times now you know they've they've done this and like like uh, Jake said they just remade this 
So you you know it is it has become predictable. It's become a victim of its own you know kind of popularity because it's been done a few times since. Um, but uh, you, you didn't think it was none of it was funny to you, Patrick? Um, nothing like uh, there wasn't like a laugh out loud moment for me. It was just I you know I probably had a chuckle at most. Um, but yeah, nothing like I was dying of laughter. Hmm. You I'm didn't gonna, like the okay. Ruprecht stuff. It you was weren't okay. laughing at the Ruprecht stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was it was overdone. Like it was too over the top. I'm gonna call. Mm. I'm gonna call. And that's 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 my biggest complaint about him is just like the overacting kills it. Like you have someone like Michael Caine who can be pretty subtle and did some really good, you know, emotional stuff about empathizing with the girl and stuff like that, and having that characterful change versus an infant. Hmm. That's the movie. That is the well, story. I mean, I, yeah. That I get, but like even within that, your character can have, you know, range and be dynamic, and it was very flat. Yeah. And so, like you, all you get from him is overacting. That's it. Like hmm. you don't get emotional growth. You don't get any. I never even, thought even to the end of the film. I've never he's thought still of Steve, an asshole. I've never thought of Steve Martin as an overactor. That's weird that you say that. I mean, he's it definitely, definitely. He's broad sometimes, but he's not over. I don't like Jim Carrey takes it is a like no, a card. He, he reminds me of Jim Carrey, hundred percent. No, oh no, Mario. Oh no, I got a question. Go ahead. Uh, we're not going to see. We're not going to see Roxanne, right? No, thank God. And Roxanne. we're not. And, and uh, we're not going to see all of me. No. And my last question is, has Justine ever made you watch Father of the Bride, Patrick? Uh, no, but I've seen it. Oh, do you okay. love it? <laughs> if we're watching it on the show, I'll save it for that. <laughs> let's just, uh, let's just uh, leave it at that. We already uh, know we're not. If I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm forced to, if I'm forced to watch a Steve Martin family comedy, it's going to be cheaper by the dozen because then I get Bonnie Hunt no. as the wife. <laughs> I, I was watching old Letterman clips this week and it rekindled my love for Bonnie Hunt. So if we're watching. Justine, is that the, um, is Steve Martin the reason you love Father of the Bride? I love Steve Martin because of Father of the Bride. Is that what okay. you're trying to say? No, I just want to know if that's like the main appeal to that movie for you is, is his part. It's what makes me love him. Oh, nice! Okay. So we're gonna watch. We are gonna watch Father of the Bride, but it's gonna be Spencer Tracy and uh, Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> oh, how about Parenthood, Justine? You ever see Parenthood? That's actually a good one. No, it's a show, but it was based on based on I an age. You would really love him in that. Yeah, hmm. that was the first of his. Yeah, you know what? That's a good one. That's a good recommendation, John. Good eye. Okay, you know what it is? That's the fir- that's the first one where he's not playing Steve Martin. <laughs> so Patrick, okay. interesting. Pat- uh, well, I've seen Novocaine. How was that? Well, that's like a that's a horror movie, right? <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, I watched yeah. it because I was like, I love him from Father of the Bride. And- <laughs> wow, what a- it's like it's watching- like it's like watching one hour photo because you're like, I love Robin Williams. I loved him in yeah. Aladdin, yeah, and I loved him in Aladdin and Hook and Jack. Um, but not as a, not as a killer, not as a uh, as a uh, cold blooded killer. Yeah, no. no. 
No, no, no. No, no, no. All right. Well, I feel like Patrick purposely, he pulled the Cleveland Indians and purposely tanked that review. And uh, I, 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 I want his. It was, it, it was honest. I, Justine, I want his review in there with an asterisk. All right. Okay. Thank you. Do you want uh, me to put in a different score? <laughs> we, we haven't even Not scored it. We haven't even scored it yet. Shocked at all. Oh, oh yeah. Actual score. I'll give him his score. We'll do it that way. <laughs> you'll, we'll did, it. Um, you'll score him. Got it. Hey. Did anyone uh did anyone notice the Emperor Palpatine as uh yeah. the valet? Mike McCain's valet was Emperor Palpatine. That's right. Yeah. I love that. I saw that. That's right. That's crazy. You didn't know that? Yeah, he didn't have he didn't have much to say. Yeah, he had like one punchline. But when he says I'll uh, I'll mail you a check for that VCR I busted, he's all, oh shut up. I remember that part, but wow. That that is the Emperor. I can't believe it was Emperor Palpatine playing a valet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he got mad. That's right. He could have just blown up the whole the whole house with lightning out of his fingertip. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, Emperor Grandpa. Do it. Do it. Emperor Grandpa. <sighs> Dead air. Well, guys, let's talk about it. Let's rank it. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. One of the great comedies of the 1980s. All-time greats. Steve Arden's top five. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. I like planes, trains, and automobiles better because that one I laughed at. Hmm. Mm. I wonder why you didn't laugh. It was funny. <laughs> was it? Yeah. You must have missed that part. Dr. Emil Schuffhausen so is, put- is fantastic. <laughs> My uh. name isn't Emil Schuffhausen's The Sud. You didn't like that? Just a quack, quack, quack. You didn't like that? Sorry. So when he puts the fork in his eyeball, you don't you didn't laugh at that. <laughs> Come on. I tried. Not even I a little tried. Cu- not even a little chuckle. I tried. You didn't even the like chortle? you didn't even like the 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 fact that Michael Caine had to say the line genital cuff. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You're telling us you did not you did not like the words genital cuff being uttered from his mouth. Yeah, yeah. In that in that beautiful Michael Caine accent. Hey Mario, uh, Mario, do you remember the um, the trailer for this? I was watching the trailer on the disc, and I forgot that there's a there's a bit in the trailer that didn't make it into the movie that we were Alex and I just laughed our heads off when we saw it. They're walking down the street. Wherever that fancy town, I guess it's what is that supposed to be like, Con or? Yeah, it's somewhere on the uh, French that, Riviera. Yeah. In the trailer, there's a there's a cl- very funny bit that ends the trailer, where they both are walking away from the camera down this busy street, and there's an old lady, a tourist, looking into the canal, and at the last minute, Steve Martin just pushes her yes, into the canal. Yes, I remember that. I would yeah. I, I, I would not put it past him. That seems like something he would do. It's a funny clip, and they didn't put it in the movie. That was just for the trailer. And I forgot about it until I played the trailer on the disc. I went, oh, yeah, that's kind of what got a lot of people to go see the movie. It was just timed so beautifully. They're just sort of walking down the street, and at the last minute, he just pushes her in. Good times. Let's rank this sucker. John, what do you give Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? 
I give it an eight. Uh, this is a good one. This is, I would, yeah, I, I'd say this is in his top five. Uh, Justine, seven and a half. Uh, Jake, mm, I'll also say seven and a half. I'm gonna go with eight. I'm gonna give it an eight. All right, guys. Uh, well, that was a great week, man. Um, I feel like we really, we really. Patrick, uh, I feel like we really did a he lot. Doesn't, I he feel doesn't like, want to know my answer. I feel, I'm just kidding. What would you like, Patrick? Let's hear it. Six. Well, not bad. Casablanca level. Yeah. It was... Yeah. Uh, six. <laughs> but Patrick says six. It's an eh. <laughs> I love it, it depends. Like, some movies I can give a six and be like, yeah, like, I can appreciate this film, but do I love it? No. Do I want to watch it again? <laughs> Definitely not. Hmm. Let's I mean, talk. I know it sounds horrible, but let's talk to Justine about what's on tap for next week. Justine, let us talk about what's on tap for next week. All right, let's do this. We have the <laughs> oh Batman. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. I love this enthusiasm. Don't lose it. The Batman and what else? And we have License to Kill. So we have the return yeah. of we have the return of James Bond, and we have uh, the, the the. Wait, what? That's a James Bond movie? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's Timothy Dalton. It's your guy. It's your guy, Timothy Dalton. (laughs) Timothy Dalton. You liked him last time. You liked him last time. I love love how many times. I love how many times we'll go, yep, we're going to watch Goldfinger. Wait a minute. That's a James Bond movie? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. That's a James Bond movie? (laughs) That's it. I love it. Son of a bitch. Why did you uh, do that to me? I, I told to kill? We, we, we told <laughs> you. To kill? Who's got a license to kill? I don't know. I thought it was a comedy. It sounded we, funny. We, it uh, is. It's hilarious. We like told. Buddy, buddy coughing. And, uh, we told you there was going to be another Tim. There was going to be another Timothy Dalton Bond movie. We told you that. After Living Daylights, we told you there was one more with Timothy Dalton. Well, you have to keep reminding me that I'm about to watch another James Bond movie. I just okay, did. You're about to watch another James Bond movie. <laughs> this is horrible. Why? You like the last one. Nobody wants this. We, Ray, well, she loved the last one. You lo- You gave the last one like a 10. Let me see. I didn't even write James Bond in front of this because I didn't know. <laughs> Justine, you need to start listening. We named it like... She we, sounds like Winnie the Pooh. We, oh, I didn't. Or Eeyore. We said it like eight I times. Didn't, no. I said the return oh, of James Bond. Also, if, if you call it License to Kill, you might as well call it 007 the movie. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> What'd you give Living Daylight? What'd you give it? What'd you give it? You give it like an eight or a nine, I think. Oh, I mean, I was sorry. I was looking. I got you guys said to him. I was like, oh, no, nope, I don't even want to look anymore. What was the other one uh, called? The Living Daylight. See, this is why you have the problem. You the don't. Living Daylight. Listen. I just saw it. I just saw it. You just saw it. I saw Not it. Not too far back. Not too far back. So oh, next week my- is Batman and License to Kill? Yes, sir. Yes. Right. We are now. We are now in the summer of 1989. 1989. Another summer. Eight and a half. Wow. That's pretty high. That's pretty high rating for James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah. 
Do you now regret giving it an eight and a half? No. I regret us watching another one. Maybe I was so happy that that was it. No. That might have been it. You thought it was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. The name of this next movie is... So, John, just to just to uh, just to tell you, I was listening to another podcast called the Carson Podcast. Uh, gentleman, I can't what? Carson Podcast. I can't remember his name, the ah. name of the gentleman, but he interviewed. He's interviewed dozens of people who worked in and around Johnny Carson during his time, and you know, former guests mm. and things like that. But he had one with Robert Morton, the former producer of Letterman, and so there's some insight into the Letterman show, but. He talked about Steve Martin and why Steve Martin was one of Dave's all-time great guests was because he would do, he is a workhorse for preparation. So that's all he does is prep. So if he's got something. Because well, he's so serious. He's a serious guy. He is. So yeah, if he's got, if he's got like six, like a six minute uh, segment coming up on Letterman, he'll start prepping like a month before. Like eight or nine minutes yeah. of stuff to be ready yeah. for when he does that show, and that's that's how he does his movies. And so, anybody who doesn't respect that level of workmanship <laughs> should get wow. no respect. Is an ass. That was subtle, Mark. Mario, that was subtle. <laughs> you like that? Subtle as a flying mallet. It all comes around. It all comes around. Uh, mm. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it is funny how in real life he is deadly serious. They say it's kind of weird that he makes his living as a comedian because he is really a very... So, John, I'm sorry. I, 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 I hit the wrong button there. You were about to say Steve Martin is a real workhorse? Uh, uh, the term just, was uh, a piece of shit. Wow! Whoa! 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 Wait a minute! What if? What if we have Steve? What if Steve Martin is listening somehow, and he was like, "Hey, I'll go on this podcast. You know, I'll make my podcast debut. Pick these guys. These guys seem like nice guys. They really hyped up all of my movies except for one guy. But I feel like I'm winning that guy over. And then you call him an a hole. Yep. How does that make you feel? Uh, okay. Hmm. Do you know what having Steve Martin on this podcast would do to this podcast? We would blow up. <laughs> uh, I did. I did meet Steve Martin once, and I got his autograph. Wow! Tell us the he story, was, John. He was great in Father of the Bride. I didn't. I didn't think to say that, but he was a real nice guy. He was at the. Uh, he was at some theater in Beverly Hills. He did a Q and A with uh, Carol Burnett with her asking him questions. And then he was in the lobby afterwards signing his book. Yeah. He, he wrote a book called born standing up and, uh, anybody that had that book, he'd, he'd sign it for him. So yeah, I got, I got his autograph and he was a really nice guy. There you go. What did he say to you? Uh, not much, you know, they just want to move the line along, you know? <laughs> but uh, real cordial guy. And somebody, the guy be, that was in line ahead of me, Gave him a present. He gave him this brand new book on Laurel and Hardy that had just come out. And he was really, really jazzed to get it. You know, he's a Laurel and Hardy fan. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> suck up. Suck up. Hey, man, yeah. whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to get uh, get Steve Martin to like you so you can get him on your podcast. Now that I'm going to use this Laurel and Hardy bit. Really. 
Uh, before I forget, John, a quick announcement. So next yeah. week, uh, we have a, a again, as Justine said, we'll be watching Batman and uh, and um, um, License to Kill, the James Bond uh, classic. Um, John Vromans, your favorite bookstore out in Pasadena, Vromans. Uh, they put out a kind of they, they threw up a bat signal this week. They are having they are struggling during the pandemic. So they're asking people to Uh-oh. please take advantage of their online and curbside pickup uh, capabilities. And they're asking people to, if you can shop and start to do that in person. But check them out at Vroman's. Uh, I think it's uh, Vroman's books. Somebody want to check out what their what their website is. And it's, what- on, it's on. Um, you know, I think they are open to the public, too. You can actually go inside. Yeah, no, no, they are a mask. Go- they got you inside. Yeah, they are. Uh, can somebody look up their They've actual website there. and we'll give them V R O M A N S V V as in Victor R O M A N S Romans book bookstore in uh, Pasadena. They're an institution. They are a Pasadena institution. They've been there like about 115 years. 126 and, uh, is what I understand. Is 120, that right? 126. Yeah. They've still got a newsstand. They got uh, like two floors of uh, incredible books. And God, I think they just put in like a wine bar. They're doing everything they can to kind of uh, keep it running. But uh, what you know, do you want to know? Luckily, what is the website? Is it just Romans.com or Romans Books? What is it? RomanBookstore.com. Roman Roman Bookstore. Yes. Roman. Okay, if you can, everybody get out and order a book from Romans because it's a really great and it's one of John's favorite bookstores of all time. I think yeah, it's, it's uh, the best in bookstore shopping. Limited in-store shopping. What are the hours there for our friends near Pasadena? So for the Hastings Ranch hours, it is 10.30 to 6 p.m. For Colorado Boulevard, it is 10.30 to 6 p.m. Newsstand hours are 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. All right. Uh, It's a wonderful bookstore. I think it's the best bookstore in Southern California as far as new books. You know, there's great used bookstores, but for... For new bookstore, uh, that's probably my all-time favorite. And it's a fact that there's even a bookstore. So if you have to, you know, if you can, you can order online. If you can get down there to Pasadena, I know it's a little bit of a drive for some people, but if you're in the Southern California area, make a trip down to Romans. They put up, uh, like, they threw up a bad signal on social media. So wanted to give them some help wow. and some love. Uh, you mm. know, save the independent bookstores because there's not a lot of them down here. Northern California has quite I a think- few, but Southern California, they're, they're dying out, so... So uh, I think it's them, and uh, I think Book Soup in Hollywood and Skylight Books. There's not too many beyond those three. Where's Skylight Books, John? Uh, that's going toward uh, where the Derby used to be, uh, so, like Los Feliz, Silver Lake, where Hollywood and Sunset meet. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. So they've been open for 126 years. That's it. Wow. One, 126. Wow. Yeah. Get, get down there. Get down the. Get down the 10 freeway and or the 210 freeway, and go check them out. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for the show. Happy International Podcast Day. Happy birthday to my mom. Happy uh, anniversary to my wife. Uh, there's, Yay. A, there's a lot going on, guys. It's been a busy week here. but um, a big week for you, She's the bud. best thing about okay. me. But, uh, you know, t- I'll tell you what, the highlight of my week is always talking to you guys and getting together, and and uh, we, don't get to go on. we don't get together very much. But, oh, by the way, I will tell you guys off air, but I have been told that if we download the, what's that game you guys were telling me about? The um, Among Us. I've been told that if we download that, I don't want to give away any, I'll do this off air, but I will tell you guys. 
We have a listener who will join us if we decide to play. Stop she it. will. Among us. I'm not going to say who it is. You don't have to. We, we, don't, know it's a, we don't know if it's a he or a she. Could be we a he, could be a she. Already. Could be really a he. Could be a she. Uh, really could be a, a shim. Uh, you ever need a shim for your table? Is it, your, your table's wobbly. You get a shim. Uh, yep. Sure. Is <laughs> getting androgy to get an androgynous person to hold the table up slightly? Yeah. David Bowie shows up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let, let me hold your table. That's my David Bowie. How was that? Did you need him? Let's dance. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, put on your red shoes and dance. You know, um, uh, that almost sounds like James Mason's. Let's dance. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. James Mason is David Bowie in Ziggy Stardust, the movie. Mm. That's a good movie. Ziggy, well, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Ziggy played guitar, jamming good uh, with Weird and Gilly. Is that who it is, John? I think so. And the Spiders from Mars, right? And then he says, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Now face the master and uh, eat your sea cucumber. Um, guys, I love you. It's always good to get together with you. Uh, let's download Among Us. We'll get special guests to play. We should do that. We should give that away as a, as a podcast perk. Uh, we, we pick a listener out of a hat and you get to play Among Us with the podcast. If we like you, you can play games with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't friends normally do that? <laughs> Why did you get me started on that? That is like, uh, now I'm going to have the Friends theme stuck oh, no. in there. Oh, no. no, it is. You right. don't even have to tell me. Uh, I'll give you, I'll, I'll let you guys guess when we go off air, but uh, 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 can you guys hear me? Uh, let me ask you this, this question. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me yes. now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. You can yes. hear me? Yes. Okay, how about now? Yes. Uh, can you hear me now? Answer is yes. yes. I don't like this game. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I want to get. Is it since the, Verizon guy, the Verizon guy wants to play Among Us with us? Is that what uh, you're trying to that's tell? What I, was, I was thinking. Yeah, Jake. That's what I was thinking. Do it. I do it. Okay. Here's a. Here's a. I just want to give a quick shout. Since International Podcast Day, right? I shouted out some of our. Um, I shouted out some of our. Um, our, our, our podcast friends, but we've got a lot of new, I've been in a couple of groups where we're all trying to hype each other and help each other out and, uh, and, and give each other, uh, give each other some, some support. So I'm going to do a quick list of, 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 um, of, uh, new podcast followers. So other, other podcasters that are following us on Twitter, I'm going to shout them out today for international podcast day. Uh, I might find some music and maybe put that underneath this. Uh, maybe, maybe some music. Uh, you guys want to sing a little song while I uh, while I do this? What do you guys want to sing? We get. Uh, you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Are you still there? I'm still here. Dad, is that you? Are you guys still there? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. We lost Mario. Oh, see, that's what I was asking. That's what I was asking. That's why I kept asking, can you hear me now? And Justine said, I don't like this game. But not now. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say goodbye to the crew. I'm going to say goodbye to you guys. Uh, We're going to say that uh, this transmission ends now. We're going to say fight the power. 
And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to dump you guys, use guys, and I'm going to I'm going to read off a list. I was saying for International Podcast Day, we've been uh, I've been in a, in a couple of groups, a couple of podcast support groups, and what we do is we retweet each other's uh, new announcements and do all that stuff and try to support one another and get the word out for each other. So I'm going to read a list of our brand new followers that we've had in the last week. Um, I usually do this on Friday for Follow Friday, but. Uh, after we break, I'm going to read a list of our new followers and give them kind of a shout out and hope that uh, the listeners check out some other podcasts. So if you like our podcast, check out these guys. And of course, check out the guys that we mentioned at the top of the hour, the top of the show. Uh, those are, are, you know, our best podcast pals. So check them out as well. Um, they're our friends yes they are we have a lot of we've made a lot of good friends in the podcast community and we're thankful for everybody and uh you know i do this and it's a lot of fun and i have fun getting together with you guys and uh, hopefully the audience enjoys it too all 12 of them all right guys so for john for jake for justine for patrick we say this transmission ends now and fight the power guys uh so this is a list just of our brand new followers uh from the from the last week or so um give them a shout out say hi to them on twitter uh you know follow them do what you need to do listen to them download uh we are an independent podcast we produce the show we do everything we pay everything out of pocket here uh i do everything here out of a studio at home usually we have a studio that we rent but because of the quarantine we are stuck and uh, just kind of doing this show uh, remotely right now. And, you know, uh, we, we've managed to keep it going. And, you know, I really do enjoy doing this podcast and I really enjoy uh, all of our friends and uh, I enjoy making friends with other podcasts and supporting them. So please give them a listen and give them a like and help them out too. So here we go without further ado. Anna Manga Nation, the comic crusade, Liv Milano of the Not So Sexy podcast. Uh, let's see. Neon Shadows. Riddle Me That True Crime Podcast. Mind the Mess Podcast. The World Around Eve Podcast. Uh, let's see. This is Grand Rapidians Play Video Games. Let's see. The, oh, oh, no. Podcast Life. Uh, Diggity Podcast. Angry Scotland Podcast. Midnight Run Experience, Am I on the Air, uh, Corn Syrup, a horror podcast, Declan, oh, I'm sorry, Deckard's Unicorn Podcast, hey, Blade Runner reference, uh, What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, Crime in the Coconut, 
uh, I'm reading these off of their Twitter account, so I, I pause. I, I'm sorry for the pause, but if I go back out um, and I, have to, I go back and come back, uh, it'll I'll lose my place. B roll podcast, rage against the mainstream. I think it's whining about herstory. Uh, Beyond the Rainbow, Fours a Crowd, um, Family Plot Podcast, uh, National Treasure Hunt, The Twisted Cage, uh, Funny Life Entertainment, uh, 220-somethings, Film Vloggers, Cherry Bombs Podcast, let's see, The Experts Parenting Podcast, You've Been Reviewed, one crime at a time. Let's see. How to behave-ish. Drunk theory. 80s movie montage. The cub necessities. Emotional brunch. Better with gravy. CTK podcast. The connoisseur panda. History sleuth. Movie blind spot. The house that screams. Jeez, I can't. I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Oh my gosh. My Drunk Movie Theater. Shocked and Applaud. Uh, Latina in the Hood. That's Inda. Uh, Reels of Justice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dumb History Duels. Buzzkillers. The Podcast Post. That Aged Well. Bad Dad's Film Review. Boot Discs and Bad Decisions, Dregs of Craigs, uh, What Did I Miss, Mind Bloom, Chick Lit, that's lit as in literature, For the Love of Beer, So Horrified, From First to Last, I'm Just Saying, Dance Shark, Seen the Sequel, We're the Weird Ones, Ye Old Crime, um, The Student's Verdict, Cardboard Designer, Simplistic Reviews, Tap Tapes, Sisters from a Different Mister, Geese Bumps, Weirdness HQ, Irritable Dad Syndrome, Keep Rock Alive, Dragon Eye Galaxy, Beer and Chill, Galactic Dads, Two Gays Watch a Movie, Beyond Your Nightmares, Cup to Cup Show, Bad Guy Has Spoken, Keeping Up With The Nerd, shout out to Renee, B and Mike D Show, Retro Days Gaming, I'm Screaming, The Paranormal Poor, Cold Case Chronicles, Dylan and the Beast, Roman Pod and Cast, Slay Queens Podcast, Two Nicoles, N-I-C-O-L-E-S, One Podcast, the Airing It Out podcasts, 25 for 25 podcast, Alternate Reality Radio. There are a bunch of podcasts you can follow in there. So go into Alternate Reality Radio and check out their members and follow everybody in there. Watching old films with co- with new comics, <clears throat> Bonely podcast, the Let's Chat podcast, Sex Appeal podcast, Microphones and Monsters. Uh, Scotch and Soda podcast, The Last 10 Minutes, Living Inside the Hive Mind. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Living Inside the Hive. Sorry. Page Turners and Button Mashers. Bad Bitches. That's easy on the end of that. Shep, Shep's Deep Dive. 
Movie Catch-Up Podcast. Club XP Podcast. We were on a break. Have you seen it? Doing it wrong. Spooky Bitch Gang. Death by Cold Steel. Untold with Mara Safi. The Verbal Components. Possessed Radio. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Crime Time Tea Time. The One with Opinions. Unclassical. The Coolness Chronicles. Starting Overdrive, Pedestrian at Best, Ready Steady Chat, The Loreman, Tea Time with Dez, Critical Avenue, or Critical Ave, <clears throat> Bloody Babbles Podcast, That's Wild, A Killer Podcast, Weekly Variety Podcast, The Conjecturing Podcast, Boozed and Confused Podcast, Don't Go Out There Podcast, Twisted and Uncorked, Cuppa Tea Time, Cuppa, C-U-P-P-A, Insanely Criminal Podcast, The Cast of Color, The Creepy Crap Podcast. Oh, let's keep going. We're almost there, guys. Thanks for, uh, Let's jaw for a minute. Cage Slash Fight Podcast, The Game Dash T Podcast, Dear Grad Student Podcast, In the Edit Film Bug, The Geekdom Fancast, Hush Hush Society, This Is Gonna Sound Weird, Strikes My Fancy, Reverie, True Crime, True Crime Podcast, Re uh, big shout out to Reverie, True Crime Podcast, uh, she put out a, uh, she put together a group that a, a bunch of people uh, belong to, and uh, we all kind of get together and retweet and support each other. The Broken Lords Table, Infectious Groove, East Coast Avengers, uh, Petri Dish. That is a great podcast. It's a, Petri Dish is a science podcast. Really, really great. Um, the, and that's going to do it, guys. That's about the. That's about it for uh, our new listeners, newish listeners. So. Uh, give them all a listen and a shout out and uh, a thank you. Big thank you to all of them for constantly retweeting our stuff. Um, I'll be retweeting some of these guys uh, that are more active. But uh, if you if you heard something on this, check your fancy, give it a try. Listen to them, download them on your, they're all available on your favorite uh, podcast apps or just hit Google and, and type the name of their podcast and see if you like it. Uh, until next time, guys, fight the power and support your local podcast. This transmission ends now.